Father, we thank you for another opportunity to spend this time with you, to learn of you, to hear from Holy Spirit. And Father, I just thank you that you know every single thing that is going on in the lives of every single person that is listening to my voice right now. I thank you that nothing is hidden from your sight. There is no problem that you are not intimately aware of. There is no situation that you are not involved in. I thank you that you are working things together for our good right this moment. Because we love you and we're called according to your purpose, and that is who you are. You are a God that makes beauty from ashes. You are a God that takes the ruins and the impossible situations in our lives. You take foolish things and you confound the wise with them. You make a masterpiece out of hopeless situations. You are an expert at making champions. And we just want to acknowledge your work in our lives tonight. We want to thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are working both to will and do your good pleasure in our lives. You are transforming us by the renewing of our minds. You are causing our souls to prosper so that the fullness of what Jesus Christ has accomplished will be manifest in our lives. I thank you that you have made us your home. You have made us your dwelling place. You have made us your temple. You have glorified us by placing Jesus Christ inside of us. And you have surrounded us with Jesus as we've put him on as well. And we are, we are truly, Lord, seated in heavenly places right now, even though we're seated wherever we are while we're listening to this podcast. I just thank you, God, that that is the reality that trumps every other reality. And so I ask that you would just open the eyes of our understanding tonight. I ask you to enlighten our hearts and flood them with light so that we can see, so that we can know the hope of our calling and that what you have done inside of us becomes visible to us and through us. And we just give you the glory for it in advance. And I just say, think through my mind, think through my thoughts. I'm going to follow your lead, Holy Spirit. Go where you want to go. You have something you want to say. There's something on your heart. And we're just going to follow your lead. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to just kind of go with um, a vision don't have an interpretation of it, don't know where it's going, but I had a little glimpse of it and while we were doing worship, and I just feel uh, prompted here just to sit with it for a moment and just kind of expand on it. But I just saw, I saw a lily pad pond, and I saw these lily pads floating peacefully on this um, pond in an incredibly tranquil scene. And... It feels like it's that time where the sun has just kind of set and gone down and you can hear crickets kind of chirping in the, in the distance and maybe you can just kind of go there with me and just imagine this place. It's a very, very peaceful place. It feels a little exotic as well. Uh, 
which is uh, purposeful. And uh, I'm asking the Lord, you know, what is this place and, and why are you showing this and what do you want to tell everyone about this place tonight? And uh, I just feel that there is a peace and I think the reason why this place feels a little exotic is that it almost feels foreign. It almost feels like a foreign place or a foreign country, an exotic location. And I feel what that represents is that there is a peace that we that is exotic. There's a peace that is almost foreign to us that is our portion. And that our normal disposition... Our normal state of being is a place of peace. And it is a huge part of our inheritance. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace because his kingdom is a kingdom that is it's peace. It's a, it's a peaceful kingdom. It's, it's a place of perfect peace. It's a place of of peace that surpasses our understanding, meaning it is a it is a peace that surpasses our perceptions. It's a it's a peace that surpasses and is more powerful than human emotion. There is a place of peace that transcends, I feel like the Lord is saying, the human experience. And that is our portion. That is our our inheritance. Uh, you know, the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I mean, out of all the words that you could use to describe the kingdom of God, it's interesting that peace is one of the three that is selected here. And I just, I just really feel the Lord's heart for everyone tonight is just to be a place of peace. That he is a place of peace for us. That peace is in a person. It's not found in a place. It's not found in a circumstance. It's not found in a, it's, it's a person. And it's an exotic kind of peace. It's, it's meaning it's a, it's a little foreign. It's a little foreign than the kind of peace. It's, Jesus said, I don't give peace the way the world does. So it's not a, a worldly peace. It's an otherworldly peace. And I, I just hear him saying, just come away with me. That I am your place of peace. And when you search with me with all your heart, you'll find me. When you ask, I answer. When you seek, you find. When you knock, the door's opened. And it, and it, it feels like this place of, of, of seeking after peace. Seeking after peace. Follow after peace is, is the way the scriptures describe it. There's another place where the apostle Paul says, make peace the umpire of your heart. And I think sometimes in, with so many things going on in our lives, it's, it, maybe we just haven't recognized that peace is worth pursuing. And so Lord, I just, um, I thank you, Father, that you have specific instructions for each of us on what it means to seek peace. Uh, You have 
specific paths of peace for each of us, God. And I just release the grace for every listener tonight, Father, to make peace a priority in their lives, God. Whew. So many times we, we have other things, Father, that seem so important. <laughs> but God, you've called us to operate out of a place of peace. Peace is powerful, even though it seems just peaceful. <laughs> I mean, peace stilled storms. The peace of God is a powerful place. And so, Lord, I just release us into the paths of peace and into the state of peace, into that place of peace that surpasses understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I always give the Holy Spirit permission to completely change my agenda. Whenever I get here on Sundays, I always have a lot of things in my heart. I'm thinking about what is he wanting to speak, but I really um, kind of feel him shifting gears with me. And honestly, I felt like I was supposed to start with, it seems to me that there's some decisions that people may be sitting in right now. I just have that sense from the Holy Spirit that maybe you're at a crossroads or maybe you're just having to make some decisions. Maybe you're making, maybe you're changing jobs or wondering if you're supposed to stay at where you are to go another direction or maybe you're uh, wanting just all kinds of decisions. I really don't have a sense for what those are. That's the only one that popped into my mind. But I really felt like another sense that I'm getting tonight is Sometimes it takes time when we are, when we're making a decision to clear out all the noise and all the voices and all the triggers <laughs> that, uh, you know, crop up in the midst of the noise. And what I mean by a trigger is, many times we have a reaction. We're reacting. You know, we're making decisions out of a reactionary place. And that's never a good, you know, a good way to make a decision. I mean, God wants us, in addition to being in a peaceful place, I tell you, God wants us to be free. He wants us to be free from every single thing that would control us or that would drive us. And what I mean by that is it's not peaceful. How many of you know it's not peaceful when you're being driven by something? It's not peaceful when you're, you're, you're being pulled by something or you're feeling compelled, you know, to do something or you're guilted into something or you're, you're just, there's motivations that are mixed up in the decision making process or just in, you know, you just making a choice about something and you're just not free. You're not in a place where you're, you're really able to make that decision without the influence of a lot of different voices and factors and even your own past and your hurts and all of that stuff. And I just felt like tonight that the Lord wanted to talk about getting your heart into a place of neutral and getting your heart into a place where you really can be led by the Spirit. Uh, there's a couple of scriptures that are popping up in my head while I'm talking here, so I'm just going to read a couple of them. The first one that I want to go to is in um, Romans chapter 8, and I want to read it 
I'm going to read it out of the message translation because I really like the way it reads in this particular, in the message. And it's in Romans chapter 8. Let me kind of go down here for a moment. Uh, Oh, that's in the Amplified. Let me find the message really quick. Okay, I'm talking about getting your heart in neutral, getting yourself into a place of, of peace so that you can actually hear God. I want to talk about why that's important, <laughs> but right now I just want to read the scripture. And in Romans 8.15, it says this. It says, this resurrection life you received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is, and we know who we are, father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. So I'm going to stop there for a moment and really focus it on this little phrase here that says, what's next, Papa? I think that's just a very incredible, powerful phrase here, what's next, Papa? You know, I think human minds, including my own, have a, a, I don't know, some kind of default way of being (laughs) where we just really want to know what's up. We want to know what's going to happen. We want to figure it out. We want to know how it's going to work out. We want to know every step between here and now. And we just want to see, we don't want to just see the end. We want to see the beginning. We want to see every step in between. And the reason that we want that is because it, it brings us peace. It's like if I can see how I'm going to get from A to Z, there's something about knowing that that gives us some semblance of peace. And I'm going to say it a different way in the sense that it gives us some control. And control is one of these funny things that we learn. (laughs) Uh, We learn it as a way of safety. Uh, because somewhere along our journey <laughs> in our past, we didn't feel safe. And I mean, you can go and look at just the, just the extent that people will go um, to gain some sort of control because it, it, it is, it doesn't feel good for the most part to just be out of control. Right, But unfortunately, <laughs> in life in the kingdom is not about being in control. Life in the kingdom is about trusting God. It's about becoming like a little child. And children don't have, I mean, depending on how old they are, some of them can't even control their bowels. <laughs> saying like they're not in a lot of control. And so we really aren't designed by God in our relationship with him to be the one in control. We're designed to be the receiver. We're designed to be the follower. He's the leader. We're the follower. He's the parent. We're the child. And for a lot of us, it takes some unlearning. It takes some unlearning for us to come back to a place where we can let go of the need to know or let go of this need to control 
so that we can actually let the Lord drive, so that we can actually let the Lord lead. And this is sometimes a a long process for some of us. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like kind of a recovering control addict or recovering control freak a little bit, you know. So it's not something that you just wake up one day and it's kind of all gone. I mean, I feel like it's in, you know, it's it's a surrender it's a process of surrender, and most of it's because you realize what you you really don't control it anyway. At the end of the day, it doesn't really work because we're finite, and there's really not a whole lot that we can. There's so much out of our control. So this the scripture here about what's next, Papa, really points to a way of life where we are depending on God step by step. We are depending on God for knowing what's next. Now, God is a God of visions. God is a God that that will totally, I mean, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. I mean, that's part of the Holy Spirit. Prophecy. I mean, hey, we're charismatic Christians. We're all about the prophecy. We're all about seeing the future. We're all about the visions. And I, I'm, hey, I'm all, I'm like probably the biggest person that's for all that. But here's what happens a lot of times when we get a prophecy or when we get a vision or when we get a a word from God. Well, we take, you know, the vision and then we we start to extrapolate it out. And so we will interpret the vision out of the paradigm that we are actually living out of at any given moment and so we we interpret the vision to mean this, or we think, you know, the future looks like this. And sometimes the future looks like something we've never seen before. Sometimes it looks like something the world hasn't seen before. You know, I like to think about when people wrote scripture, you know, when they wrote some of the the books like Revelation and they wrote books or like Isaiah or Ezekiel. I mean, there's all this symbology in it. You know, they were, you know, who knows really what, were they seeing the future, but they just didn't have words for airplanes or, or cars or I'm not saying or helicopters. They call it a locust, but it's really a helicopter. I don't know. But my point is when you don't have a grid for something, because you've never seen it before, you've never experienced it before, there's a lot of room for misinterpretation. And it's just kind of, I think, human tendency, especially for really logical people, uh, that we just want to, we want to know, you know, we want to know how to get there, we want to know how that promise is going to manifest, we want to know all the steps in our journey and how to get there. And the truth is that we aren't going to be the same person when we, when we arrive there. That the journey itself is transformative. The circumstances and the situations and the revelation that we get by following the Lord step by step upgrades our minds and upgrades our perspectives and changes the way we see things. And it's kind of like they say the path of the just grows brighter and brighter until it reaches the fullness of the sun. Meaning the more you walk down the path, the great brighter it gets, the more you see until it's so clear. It's just clear, right? As, as you walk, it gets clear. And there's something about just putting your life, putting, putting it in neutral, putting it in neutral. 
Meaning, what do you mean? Putting, putting your desires in neutral, putting your heart into a place of neutral so that you can really hear from God. And I will say this too, is that that, that also requires trust. It requires trust that, that God is good. Meaning, like really good. Not good like cliche good. Like, oh, I, I'm sure he'll do what's good for me, but it, I'm probably not going to like it. You know, like eating your peas or something. Like, that's the kind of goodness God is. Like, he's like, you know, you, you eat the peas because it's good for you. You know, rather than he's good like, you know, a triple fudge sundae. Right? Like, a triple fudge sundae good kind of feels bad. So, you know, it feels almost wrong. So that, you know, but I'm telling you that the goodness of God is better than a triple fudge sundae. <laughs> there isn't a, you know, it, it's, when you think about it, 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 it the gospel is a message of heaven coming to earth in the form of a man. That Jesus Christ, because he came to earth, heaven, the kingdom of heaven, was at hand. And now... Because you are wearing Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is wearing your skin and you're wearing Jesus' skin. You have become one with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are one with God. Heaven is wherever you are. You are, you are in heaven right now. Now we think of that like a theory. We think of that like that's theoretically true. Now, we may not say it like that. We may not say it. we think it's theoretically true. But most people really don't live like that's true. Because I'm pretty sure in heaven, first of all, anything that isn't good is not allowed. And if you really want to think about what the goodness of God looks like, you, you, you can't separate heaven. You can't separate the kingdom of heaven from who God is. Because heaven is the manifestation of God's perfect will and God's perfect goodness and God's perfect love. And so I'm taking a moment to share this because if we are going to really live in a place where we are able to say, what's next, Papa? If we are able to really, if we really are going to be able to let go of control. See, what the reason we don't even want to let go of control is because we're afraid. We're afraid if we aren't in control, then it's going to be bad. Like controlling it is a way to avoid pain. It's a way to be safe. It's a way to make sure that it's all good. <laughs> and so releasing that so that we can actually hear God is an incredible, I, I think it's first of all an incredible act of worship. I think it is a, I also think it's really the normal way that we are supposed to live. This isn't supposed to be some kind of like weird super saint thing that happens. 
This is actually normal Christianity. But let me, let me go to another scripture that was coming up. And I want to go to, I read this one a lot. I know if you listen to the podcast, you hear me say this one a lot, but I'm obsessed with the scripture. It's in, um, John 5.30, and I'm, I read it always in the voice translation because I just love the way the voice translation reads. But let me read it again. Here's what it says. And this is Jesus talking. Now, let me preface before I read this scripture. If you go up a little bit before that, uh, this is Jesus basically saying that the Father and I are one. And, you know, he says, well, I'll just start at a couple of other scriptures here. So in John 5.19, he says, the truth is that the son does nothing on his own. All these actions are led by the father. The son watches the father closely and then mimics the work of the father. It says the father loves the son, so he does not hide his actions. Instead, he shows him everything. And the things not yet revealed by the father will dumbfound you. The father can life to those, can give life to those who are dead. In the same way, the son can give the gift of life to who he chooses. So here you can see Jesus is living the same way. I mean, he literally is like, what's next, Papa? What's next, Papa? He's not operating out of his own volition. And then here in verse 30, which is the one I was going to read in a moment, it's a moment ago, it says this. It says, I have not ever acted and will not in the future act on my own. I listen to the directions of the one who sent me and act on these divine instructions. For this reason, my judgment is always fair and never self-serving. I am committed to pursuing God's agenda and not my own. And so here Jesus, again, is basically saying, I'm, I'm just following the leader. I'm listening to directions and I'm following instructions. I'm like, it's like, you know, you get a recipe and you just follow the recipe and you make a cake or make whatever dish you're making and you're just following the instructions. And this is what I really feel like the Lord is saying is that this is actually a really peaceful way to live. It doesn't mean that everything you walk through is necessarily peaceful. It doesn't mean that you don't have contrary circumstances and situations that arise, but you're going through it. You're not, you're not getting stuck. You're not staying in it. And there is a strategy. There is a strategy. There is a plan. There is a purpose for everything that you are going through. Now, sometimes we don't understand what's going on. But here's what we know. I mean, sometimes the enemy's up to no good. And we may not understand or be able to perceive or see all of the factors that are involved. But here's what we know. That we are living inside of the one who knows it all. And if Jesus himself could not act independently from the Father, 
in order to reach his destiny, in order to fulfill the vision that God had for his life? Well, how much more do we need to depend on God? And I just want to speak to people right now who may not clearly know the will of God for their destiny. Maybe God has not specifically shown it to them, or maybe, you know, maybe you've had prophecies, maybe you've had certain things spoken over you, but you don't, you really haven't received a vision of, of for your future yourself. I want to speak to you right now. Um, I want to, first of all, tell you that part of, I think, the reason that we struggle sometimes to hear God clearly about those things is that we don't have faith that even if we heard it, (laughs) that it would be God. And I want to speak directly into that right now. And I just, um, I just want to pray for, if that's you and that's, if I'm describing you right now, I just want to pray for you. Father, I just, I just release a vision correction for every person that has not been able to see the future that you have for them. For every person that has not been able to receive the call that is on their life, for whatever reason, Lord, I just release, I just release a very clear call. I I just, a very clear call. And in the spirit, Lord, I just see it like a phone ringing. A phone ringing, God. I thank you that it's like a, a phone ringing over every person, Father, that is not clear about the call of God on their life. And I thank you, God, that they can answer the phone. They can answer the call. I just break off confusion right now, Father. I break off uh, just any piece of confusion, Father, that would... Any place of confusion, Father, that would keep them from hearing the, the, the call. And Lord, I just thank you for that now in Jesus' name. And I also thank you for just supernatural confirmation, Lord, that once they've heard it, once they've answered it, once they've received it, Lord, that you're going to confirm it. And I speak strength in that place of weakness, Father. I speak strength in that place of weariness. I speak stamina, Father, in that place of of uh, where people are growing weary. And now I want to thank you, Lord, for that. And now I just kind of want to keep going here. So, you know, Jesus is saying here, I don't seek my own agenda, but I follow, I'm following God's instructions. I'm following his uh, directions. And so he's just basically like, hey, what's next, Papa? What's next, Papa? 
And if we are headed in a place towards the place that God has called us to be, towards the divine destiny that he has created us to fulfill, then it makes sense to know that he knows the way. He he knows how to get us from A to Z. He knows how to fulfill (laughs) the call of God on your life. He, he He doesn't even call us and then all of a sudden turn it over like, okay, he, okay, here's the call. Now go do that. Go make that happen. I mean, that's really not the way it works. I think, you know, the call is about you saying yes. The call is about you having a choice. The call is about you fulfilling your potential in Christ. The call is about you making a difference in the world and being a blessing and serving God and man with your gifts and, and releasing the kingdom and, you know, but it's, it's the call is about your yes. Uh, I want to, but it's not about, it's, it's, he didn't call you that to do that or call you to be that, or he's not calling you so that you can do it. Okay. There's a great scripture that talks about this. Uh, and it, it just reads faithful is he that calls you. He will also do it. <laughs> and I love that scripture. Uh, it's in First Thessalonians 5.24. Um, but basically he's saying the same one that called you to your destiny is the one that will make it happen. In the New Living Translation, it actually says that. It says, God will make this happen. For he who calls you is faithful. Okay, I'm going to say this, say that again. God will make this happen. For he who calls you is faithful. Okay, there are some people that are listening to me tonight. I don't even know if it's in the future or whatever, but they have been on a really long journey. <laughs> I'm talking around the mountain, whatever, long journey. And I just felt like you were supposed to take that scripture from 1 Thessalonians 5.24, and you need to put that on your mirror in the bathroom. You might need to put it on your ceiling so that you see it when you wake up in the morning. But I'm going to speak it over you again. God will make this happen. For he who calls you is faithful. And I have never met someone who has run their race. And what I mean by that, the Apostle Paul says, hey, I have finished my course. I have run the, run the race. I have fought the good fight. I mean, Paul finished the course. And when I say the course, I mean, you know what? Paul was not confused. Paul could say I finished my course because he knew what his course was. He says, I'm not like a boxer who just boxes fight in the air. Meaning he had a purpose. He had a heavenly call. He, he had his call when he was going down the road to Damascus. And God said, you are an apostle to the Gentiles. And he said he was separated from his mother's womb. So God was not like coming up with something for the apostle Paul to do. He separated Paul from his mother's womb to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And then I love the way in Galatians it says this. He's like, when, and it pleased you to reveal Christ in me. And our calls, no matter what they are, is a revealing of the Christ in you. Because you plus Jesus is a unique creation. (laughs) You are a unique, some of us more unique than others, but we are unique in our expression of the glory of God. 
of the goodness of God, of the nature of God, of the talent of God, of the creativity of God. And God will make this happen. I'm going to say it again. God will make this happen. And I'll tell you, you can wear yourself out striving. You can wear yourself out trying to do something that only God can do. You, you know, I I love, I hate, but I love the story of Abraham. Because Abraham had this impossible call on his life. An impossible call of God. And I don't know about you, but most of the time, I've never really met people that have really got a clear call from God, and it's something that's been, you know, dummied down to, like, something they can do. I mean, one of the ways that you kind of know it's a call from God is that it it kind of freaks you out. It's a little scary. It's a little out of your comfort zone. Maybe it's going to require some miracles. Maybe it's going to require... All kinds of stuff. I mean, when I read the Bible, I get so encouraged because these are people that are like us. I mean, Moses stuttered. He's like, you know, arguing with God. I'm not the best choice for this. I mean, Esther was an orphan. I mean, these are not all of the disciples. I mean, none of them were like theolo- I mean, that gives me hope. I mean, where none of them were like theological geniuses. Thank God for the theological geniuses. But if you had to be one of those, I mean, I, I couldn't do what I do. I mean, I know what I know just by revelation. I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I'm not geared for that. I would, I'd snooze through seminary. Just fall asleep. Where's the party? That's what I'd be thinking. And, but the point is here is that it's ordinary people. And Abraham had this impossible call. Like you're going to be the father of a nation, the father of nations, the father of all of us here. And he was impotent. I mean, I just look, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He, and he does this, by the way, step by step. He does this by us following directions and following instructions and, and laying down our own agendas, laying down our own figuring it out. And saying it's it's going to happen this way or it's going to happen this way. And I mean, I am so guilty of this. And I'm sure if we raised our hands, all of us would be. But it's we can't figure it out. I mean, I don't know. Maybe someday science will be, figure, be able to figure out how Jesus turned water into wine. Maybe science will someday be able to figure out how frogs showed up in Egypt or how an axe head swam or... You know, I, I, how the sun stood still, still, but the Bible is a book about God making it happen. <laughs> God made Jesus come back from the grave. I mean, the Holy Spirit, I mean, Jesus, talk about trusting God. Talk about having to just empty yourself of any, I mean, he tried. He's like, oh Lord, if there be any other way, <laughs> you are God. If there is any other way, have this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, nevertheless, not my will, but yours. And I mean, that struggle, like I don't know exactly what Jesus was going through in the garden to release his agenda. We know that he sweat, he was sweating blood. I mean, we don't know exactly 
Was it the stress of the physical abuse he was going to have to endure? Was it the, the mental stress of having to become sin and sickness and disease? Who knows exactly what was causing that? But he came, he had to come and wrestle in the garden. He wrestled with himself to surrender to the father's plan and to the father's, to the father's steps, to the father's directions. And I also really believe that, you know, it says after he was in the garden, and I, I'm not going to take the time to go read it, but it says that the angels he was ministered to. And I just believe that we have supernatural grace. We have supernatural empowerment. We have the grace of the Holy Spirit. He is strong in our weakness. His grace is made perfect in weakness. And so in those places where we are weak and where we are, everything in us doesn't want to let go of control. We don't want to let go of control. Because it's scary. And if you if you grew up, and I'm just going to say it like me, who was controlled for years. I grew up in such a controlling, domineering environment. Man, I, I've, you know, personally, I've had about enough of being out of control. <laughs> you know? And so I come by my need for control, honestly. And I thank the Lord for grace and patience in working with me because it is scary to not be in control. You know, for someone who has that, you know, and you may be coming from that same place. I don't know, but I, we can't be in control and be led by the spirit. We can't follow God's agenda and our agenda at the same time. And I think it goes a little deeper than just saying, <laughs> you know, I think it starts with it. I think it starts with, hey, not my will, but yours. But the problem is a lot of times we don't even know we have an agenda. We don't even know, we don't even know we have, a, we don't even understand our motives. We don't even understand what is beneath. We don't understand the why we're doing what we're doing. We don't understand why we want what we want. I'm going to say it again. We don't understand why we want what we want. And if we dive a little deeper below that, when you have... You know, and you begin to recognize, okay, I have an agenda. This is my agenda. And you start to dive a little deeper below that and say, why do I want this? Well, a lot of times what we'll discover in the process is that we want what we want for what we think it can give us. We think, hey, if I get this, if I get my way, that I'm going to feel X. <laughs> I'm going to feel good about myself. I'm going to feel confident. I'm going to feel a certain way. And 
God is merciful in the, in the, in sometimes in the sense that he will just give it to us. Because <laughs> sometimes, you know, how many of you have done that? I mean, I've done that with my own kids. Like, just go ahead and have the ice cream. Like, I'm so sick of having to tell you no because you've asked me 15 times. Like, okay, have the ice cream. I guess it's 10 o'clock at night. This is a really stupid idea, but okay, I'm just you wore me down. Right? Not that we can wear God down, but I just think sometimes it's the only way we can learn that what we thought that thing that we needed so badly, that we, that we figure out that it's not able to give us that. And so I think sometimes it, it's not, sometimes that's the only way to learn it. But you go that path enough times and you start to recognize that and I taught on this last week. I mean, not current last week. It's not been last week. I've been out for a whole month. I can talk about that in a moment. But it's been a while since I've done a podcast for some really good reasons. Some health issues, a lot of stuff come up. But I was listening, actually. One of the things God had me do is like, you need to go listen to yourself. <laughs> that's, you know, that's like, that's when God's serious. It's like he's really reminding me, you know, you need to go listen to yourself, girl. Like, there's nothing worse than God having you go listen to your own sermons and realize you got to live what you preach. But, you know, the, the last podcast that I did was really, I, I encourage you to go read it. I mean, listen to it, because it was really about God is the source of what we think we need. That we were designed to be filled and complete with him. And it's a journey sometimes to figure that out. But when we come to a place where why we're doing something, is a part of the conversation, or why we want something. If we talk about why we want something with God and start to get a little lower in that, and what am I talking about? I'm talking about being able to come to the place where your heart is in neutral. So that you are not driving the car. So that you are not just blowing and going instead of following the leader. And as a former control freak, as a former striving queen, I can tell you it's exhausting to live that way. And I wanted to go one other place because I went to 814, you know, about how those, I went to 814 about, you know, what's next, Papa. Um, But I want to go to, or 815, I think it was. I don't have it up anymore. Uh, But I want to go to another scripture, which I just said, which, you know, those that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And I want to read it to you in a couple of different translations. So let me pull it up. All righty. And I really like the whole scripture. And this is actually Romans 8.14. I like the way, and I'm going to go to it. Let me just read it in a couple translations, and I'm going to read it um, in the Amplified Version. So it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. That's the New Living Translation. Good news translation, those who are led by God's spirit are God's children. But let me keep 
going to verse 15. It says this, the spirit you received in the NIV does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. So I'm going to read that in the Amplified. I'm going to read in Romans 8.15 in the Amplified because I really like the way it pulls out and amplifies this concept of the spirit of fear, that we weren't put in bondage to the spirit of fear. Because really control is about fear. And let me just go to the Amplified for it. It says this. Verse 15. For you have not received, you've not received a spirit of slavery leaving, leading again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, the spirit producing sonship, by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. So, when, when we aren't free from the various things that drive us, we really are slaves. I had a prophetic word over my life, and I, I mean, it was when I say a prophetic word, it was what God spoke it to me directly. And I'm going to share it with you just because I feel like I'm supposed to. Uh, but, I mean, this has been a good, I mean, I lived, I mean, I, I, it's been a good eight years, good eight years ago at the time of this recording. And it's, he said this, he said, I'm going to shine the light on you and I'm going to set you free. He said, I'm not going to allow you to be controlled or manipulated by anyone or anything He said, you're going to look to me for inspiration and honor. And you're going to be led by me from the inside out. He says, you're going to depend fully on me to judge situations, circumstances, and hearts. I mean, that's an incredible word. (laughs) I remember when I got it, I was kind of, you know, awesome. It's exciting. But then it's not super exciting about a week later. When God starts taking you through the process of revealing all of the things that are manipulating you and controlling you and all the things that are driving you and all the wrong ways that you are judging situations, circumstances, and hearts, because it's actually a massive correction. And he starts, you know, bringing up things like, you know, your need for the approval of men. Your need to be liked by everybody. You're, you know, X, 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 and X. Just all these things that are potential motivators rather than the Spirit of God. Because you can't be motivated by making sure everybody likes you and following God. You can't be motivated by looking good all the time and follow the Spirit of God. And what we don't realize, I think, sometimes in these things that do control us and do manipulate us is that it's complete slavery. And what underneath it, several layers, is actually slavery to fear. 
You are afraid of rejection. You're afraid of, and I say you, I'm talking about me too. You're afraid of rejection. You're afraid of failure. You're afraid of looking like a jerk. You're, you know, just fear after fear after fear. Afraid of success. Afraid of being seen. Afraid of being judged. Afraid, you know, and so all of these little fears motivate us and drive us many times unaware. And until we are awakened, and when I say awakened, I mean, what God was describing there, by the way, is absolutely required in that prophetic word when he was saying, I'm not going to allow you to be manipulated or controlled by anyone or anything. When he's saying, I'm going to shine the light on you, that means you're going to see it for what it is. He says, you're going to look to me for inspiration and honor. That means that you're not going to care what other people think. When he says, you're going to depend on me to judge situations, circumstances, and hearts, it means that I'm going to have to understand what judgment looks like and that I'm not allowed to do it. Because when I'm judging, I'm not discerning. When I'm looking to my own understanding to try to figure something out, then I'm not depending on God's perception of the situation. And the reality of it is, is that human perception is flawed. Human perception in the best of our states still cannot perceive a large percentage even of the natural realm. We can't perceive radio frequencies. We can't, there's so many frequencies. We can't see sonar. I mean, even naturally, our physical senses are limited. We are jaded in our ability to interpret reality through our past experiences. We have distorted lenses. Our experience have shaped us, and we have opinions that we have formed based on our own life experiences. I mean, we just have a lot of mess that influences the way that we perceive and judge stuff. And so setting that down, maybe we aren't perceiving it correctly. Maybe, we, I get it seems real. I get that that's the way it looks. But maybe there's another perspective. Maybe there's a higher perspective. Maybe there's a motive of, of someone else's heart that's involved that we don't understand. I mean, we are not equipped to judge. We say it, but this is a completely different way of living. What I am describing today, it may be like foreign language, but... I'm doing my best, darn it, <laughs> is what it, what it looks like to be a son of God, what it looks like to lay aside your agenda and your judgments and not lean on your own understanding. You know, I taught last year out of an awesome scripture uh, from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, and I really loved it. I think I taught it out of the message. I can't remember. Let me look at it really quick. But I loved um, several versions of the scripture we were reading, and it really fits into this whole place in this teaching tonight. It says this. It says, this is the, the amplified. It says, trust and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all of your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him. And he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord with reverent awe and obedience and turn entirely away from evil. So let me read it to you in the voice translation. I think it's a good version. And this is what it says in verse 5. Place your trust in the eternal. Rely on him completely. 
Never depend on your own ideas or inventions. Give him the credit for everything you accomplish, and he will smooth out and straighten the road that lies ahead. Let me read it in the message. I know I'm reading a bunch of stuff tonight, but I know it's for somebody. Okay? Proverbs 3, 5 in the message says, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen to God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God, run from evil. Okay, there's one translation that I haven't read yet, and that's the passion. It's just, I mean, it just hits the point home, right? It says this, verse 5, Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all of your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every decision you make. So this is a dependency here that, you know, I I feel like it almost feels like paralyzing a little bit. Because really what is what is the standard here, what it's actually telling us to do is to live from a place that says, what's next, Papa? Where we are, we are forcing ourselves into a place of dependence, where we are truly living in a place where we are continually hearing God. I'm going to say that again, where we are living in a place where we are continually hearing God. And I want everyone tonight to kind of think about in an, from an honest place, you know, how are we doing in our connection with hearing God? You know, is that like your vital need? Is that the, the priority of your life? You know, not too long ago, I, I remember the Lord was, was talking to me about my morning routine and you know, I've, I've gone back and forth with different things. I'm journaling, you know, I'm just doing different things in the morning to, to kind of jumpstart my day so that I'm in the right frame of mind. And I have two kids that, you know, it's the school year now. So we were up early six o'clock to catch the bus at 645 with Lily. And then, which means I've got a driver to the bus. Play. So, I mean, it's just a hectic, but I, but the Lord spoke to me really clearly. And he said, Shalise, when you get up, and you get your coffee. I'm a coffee nerd, so I'm right at that coffee maker first thing, right? It's like my motivation. Get up, coffee, right? But I heard him say, he's like, you need to wake up and then wake up. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, get your coffee. And he says, you sit down with me until you're actually awake. And he said, by awake, I mean you're hearing from me as clearly as are as you are right now. And he said, and years ago, by the way, years ago, he told me this. He said, Shalise, where I'm taking you, you're going to have to be awake. And I want to share with you that you cannot possess your promised land. You will not fulfill the call of God on your life any other way. And to me, that whole concept of being asleep, let me tell you what asleep means. Well, it's kind of like sleepwalking. If you've ever seen sleepwalkers, right? That you think they're awake. They're walking around. 
I mean, I've heard people like cook. They're sleep, sleepwalk cooking, right? But they're totally not awake, right? They're just going through the motions of being awake. And a lot of us live our lives like that. We live our lives based on to-do lists. And I don't even know what we're living our lives on. I just know we're just not, we're re, I mean, we're partially led by the Spirit. I'm just being honest, right? I mean, because why? Gosh, life is loud. There's a million voices and Facebook is calling us and Netflix is binging. I want to bit, you know, I mean, we just have so many distractions. We have so many things in our lives are, are so busy and full and we have kids and we have, it's just busy, right? I mean, but I really feel the spirit of God saying that life is not supposed to be hard. I'm not saying that it's supposed to be trouble-free, but his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. And I'm going to read you, I mean, I put the scripture in every single one of my journals. It's in the front of my book. I'm obsessed with it, and I'm, darn it, I'm going to get it. I'm going to have it in front of my journal till I do. But it says this. It says in Matthew 11, this is Jesus talking about the call on his life. And it's no different for any of us. And I will tell you, some of you are coming up to season changes. Some of you are having some abrupt suddenlies. There are going to be some things coming into your life that where God is taking you, you've got to hear him. You've got to hear him. I mean, he's going to be taking you into cultures and into places. There's going to be too many voices. There's going to be too many things pulling at you and too many decisions and things that look shiny and good on the outside but are traps. They are, they will derail you. They will get you. They will, they will waste your time. They will take your money because the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy and keep us off track. I mean, it's like we're running a race with a jerk heckler or something, right? Like it's in our face. He's throwing it rotten eggs at us and trying to trip us up. It's like, you know, like the roadrunner and that little fox guy, right? It's like, that's how we're having to run our race because we, there is an enemy. He is real and your destiny and the glory of God being revealed through your life and the promises of God actually coming to pass in your life strip the devil. They strip the devil. And so the enemy is always, you know, do, who do you think you are and tempting you and this and that. So, I mean, it is loud. Even if you're not distracted by the natural realm, it's just, in, it can be intense. The battle for your destiny, the battle for your life can get intense. And so this scripture is what Jesus said. He said this. He said, the Father has given me all these things to do and say. Matthew eleven twenty seven, in the message. It says, this is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. I'm going to keep reading, but before I do, I want to say this. I mean, Jesus understood that the father had given him an assignment, that there was a call of God on his life that, he was, his life was not his own. His life was not about just him. And 
he understood that this is a unique thing, that it was an intimate thing coming out of father-son communication. What's next, Papa? What's next, Papa? What's next, Papa? You know, he said, I can't do none of these things on my own. He said, the words that I speak aren't even my own. If you've seen me, Philip, you've seen the Father. That's how in sync I am, like the boy band, right? I'm in sync. Jesus is in sync with the Father. But but this is this is incredible, really. And then in John 17, he says, Father, I have glorified you here on earth. I have done all the work you've given me to do. It's like John 17, verse 4. But let me keep reading in verse uh, 28 here in Matthew 11. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? He says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Man, that's awesome. I'm going to say it again. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. So this is not some burdensome life. This is freedom. This is the free- You don't have to worry. Like you don't have to know anything else besides what's next. Like that is a completely different, I mean, talk about, it, it, to, to us, responsible adults, that just sounds so irresponsible, Shalise. What do you mean? You know, but truthfully, I mean, that all that responsibility is heavy. And Jesus said, just cast your care, you know. If you want to enter the kingdom, become like a little child. So there is a way of life in the kingdom that is a peaceful place of dependency. It's free. It's light. It's not ill-fitting. Meaning, you know, it's like if you wear jeans that are too tight, they're so uncomfortable, right? You're not uncomfortable. You know, it fits good, right? You're, you're, and and I just if if your journey is like anybody's journey <laughs> that I have ever met <laughs> that is on track fulfilling their destiny, I will tell you there are twists and turns. There are unexpected twists and turns and things come up and things pop up and you're just like, how did that, what how, What was that? What's this? But I tell you, if we will stay in tune with God's voice and follow instructions, and sometimes, I'll tell you, we've been so wound up, it may take a week to wind down. But I'll tell you, that's going to be the best week that you could spend. Just staying wound up is not going to solve the situation. We need to hear God. And we need to be purposeful to believe we can hear God and make decisions based upon what we are hearing God say. Choose something based on what we're hearing God say. And if we don't understand it or we aren't in an agreement with it or whatever, well, then you know what? We need to tell God that and say and have the conversation with him like you would have with anybody else that you weren't on page with until you're on page. You know, I am in a very, this is, I mean, I'm, Trust me, I, I this whole month of March, I mean, literally, my month of March was gone. If you notice on the podcast, there's not been a podcast since the end of February. I mean, it has been like a massive just pause button, totally unexpected. I was not expecting a pause for the month of March. I did not, it was not on my calendar. As a matter of fact, there's some pretty crazy things on my calendar that are not, were not done, that are not getting done. Because of this pause. And 
is I'm sitting with the Lord in this pause. I know, he literally told me just recently, he said, Shalish, you were on the, you were on the precipice here. This is a precipice. I had to go look up the word. Like I kind of knew what it was, but I'm like, what do you mean precipice? He uses words with me sometimes. That's how I know it's God. Cause they're like, I would never use that word. I mean, I have an okay vocabulary, but I don't have the vocabulary of God. So I go look up the word, you know, and it's like, you're sitting on the edge of a cliff. That's what it means. You're on the edge of a cliff. You're on the edge of the cliff. And all of these incredibly deep conversations started to come out of this pause with the Lord. I mean, some incredibly deep conversations, the kind of conversations that shape the rest of your life. And I guess what I'm saying is I was not in control. And where I was in control, I needed to let go of control. And we are all, I'll tell you, you can't look at someone's journey. You can't look at where people are in life and judge them. You cannot look at the outside of a tree in the wintertime and see what's going on. You can't see the root structure of any tree, honestly. You can't see if its roots are shallow, if its roots are deep. I mean, you can, I mean, there's some trees that are really tall and flimsy and hardly have any root structure at all. I mean, and then there's trees that are mostly roots with just a little bitty thing on top. I mean, the point is that there is a, there is God's doing something in all of our lives. And a lot of times you can't look externally to determine what's actually going on. And we all are in a process. And I, when I say that, I, I'm not saying sanctification is a process and then what Jesus did is not already finished. That's not what I'm saying. But we are in a process of agreeing with God and growing in our revelation and understanding of who we are in Christ and why we're on the planet and who God actually is to us and in us and through us. We are growing in our knowledge. We're growing in our understanding. And when, as we grow in our knowledge and grow in our understanding, well, guess what? There's more of a manifestation in our life. But I guess, you know, I've been saying a whole lot here, but I, 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 for whatever, I mean, this was not what I planned to talk about tonight. And for whatever reason, the Lord has just really got me on this. But I, I just, in the spirit, I see some people on roads with sharp right turns. I see some people on roads that you are, you could keep going forward or there's an exit you can take. I see people standing at a road that has like four different forks in it. And you don't know which way, which one to choose. And each of these roads represents decisions. They represent choices. And, uh, you know, when we don't make the right choice, when I say the right choice, when we don't make, well, I'll just say that. When we don't make the right choice, you know, if you're going from here to, I'm in Woodland Park, but if I'm going from here to Denver, and if I drive down the pass and I make a right on I-25, I'm not going to get to Denver. I'm going to get to Pueblo. I'm going to get to New Mexico. <laughs> Eventually, I'm just going to keep on going south. And guess what? Denver's not south. 
Denver is north, and I'm not going to get there. And I just want to encourage you and encourage myself, encourage all of us to cultivate this place of keeping our hearts in neutral. And not leaning on our own understanding and doing whatever the heck we need to do to find the place of peace. I mean, there are days when I have turned on worship and I have done nothing but listen to worship all day long. I remember in one decision in particular, the pressure was so strong that I had to make, like, there was consequences if I don't make a decision. Like, it was a very expensive decision, and it was, there were consequences if I didn't make it. And I remember, I could not hear God. I mean, I just, and I just refused. I was like, and of course, I'm just being, it's like torment. I'm like being tormented. And I just remember turning on the worship and just worshiping God, worshiping God, worship. I mean, for a whole day. And I got up the next morning and God said something, probably one of the most profound things I've heard him ever say. I said, God, well, when I was worshiping and worshiping and worshiping, I was, remember, I was like, God, I can't hear you. And I'm like yelling like that. And he's like, oh, you hear me fine. I'm just not talking. I've never heard him say that to me before. You hear me fine. I'm just not talking. And you know what? I had to wait. I had to sit in that silence with all that torture and all that. And I just worshiped. I just worked because I didn't know what to do. I literally was a nervous wreck. The pressure was so intense. And I got up the next morning and the Lord said, do you know why I wasn't talking? And I was like, no, why? He's like, because you need to discern the voice of fear. And you need to discern the other voices that try to control you so that you can recognize them when they're talking. And so he was, he was purposely letting me listen to that mess so I would know what it was. And I would tell you, that mess drives a lot of us. I mean, I don't teach, I, I will teach on it probably soon, just about, you know, how a, an emotional trigger works and, you know, how many times our past brokenness influences our current mental state and how it happens at such a subconscious, instantaneous rate that we don't even realize it's going on. But I'll tell you what, when you are not in peace, you are not being led by the Spirit. I'm just going to give you the litmus test right now. When we are not in peace, we are not in a place that we are being led by the Spirit. And we need to slow it down. We need to pull over. (laughs) We need to put it in park, put it in neutral, or whatever we need to do until we are confident that we are hearing God. And I'll tell you, some days it is a week. Sometimes it is. But life, it's worth it, God. It is worth it. It is worth to take take the time that you need to hear God. uh, Because, first of all, it's never wasted time. It's not a time, it's not a waste of your time to, to spend time with God 
quieting down whatever internal stuff is going on, whatever external stuff is is it feels overwhelming, whatever giant is intimidating you, whatever diagnosis from the doctor, whatever bill, whatever whatever the situation is, it is worth the time it takes to go internal and to find that place with God and to worship whatever you need to worship, do whatever we, whatever it is that you do, pray in the spirit, whatever it is, call a friend, pray, whatever it does, whatever you need to do to get yourself in play in that place where you're hearing from God. And if you don't hear God on demand, okay. And I don't mean like when you're freaking out. Okay. Like I know when you're freaking out, sometimes you do have to calm down before you can hear the Lord, but I'm saying, for the most part, if you're not able to say, hey, God, and he's like, what's up? Like, if you aren't having that kind of a com- ongoing conversation with God, then I, that needs to be, <laughs> like, a huge priority in your life, learning to hear the voice of God. And when I, I mean, it's taught. I was 33 years old before I learned how to hear the voice of God. Now, granted, I would hear him sporadically, but I, maybe I didn't even know it was him, like that kind of a thing. Circumstances would lead me, that kind of a thing. But I didn't know it was abnormal to be a Christian and not hear God on demand. I didn't, no one ever told me that. I remember the first time I started meeting people that talked with God like he was there, like an invisible friend, and I thought they were weird. You know, but the more I hung around them, I thought, well, maybe I'm weird. Maybe I'm the weird one. And the truth is that, you know, there's so many good resources out there that, that, you know, can do that. I just saw Doug Addison just came out with a new book, Emerge. Well, you will encounter God like, like John on the island of Patmos if you join the school. But I mean, there, the point is, is that you need to invest. You need to find whatever place God's calling you to to take the time to be able to hear God. Because we can't follow someone we can't hear. We can't get instructions from someone who's not talking. And I, I tell you, I am so pragmatic and practical about this. I mean, I'm very clear with God. If I have to follow you, then you got to be clear. Okay, I'm not that smart. I'm going to have to look up the word. you got to slow down. Like, I'm very, very pragmatic about it. And I think God really appreciates that. And that's not disrespectful. That's I can't obey something I don't understand. And if obedience is better than sacrifice, and if you love me, you'll obey me, then I better be, then I got to be clear if I'm going to obey. And confusion is not my portion because God is not a God of confusion. He's a God of peace. And so what am I sharing? I'm sharing all of this to say that you are headed on a journey that only God can take you there. You cannot get from where you are to where he, and I want to say this, it's, it really is like your, it's your best life. This isn't like some, I mean, Jesus went to the cross so that we could enjoy abundant life. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Abundant life is where we're headed. In Ephesians 2.10, it says that we are his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew for good works that he planned ahead of time, that he prearranged. It says taking paths that he prearranged that we might live the good life that he prepared for us. There is a good life. It is a good life that, that, that demonstrates the goodness of God. There's an inheritance of heaven that is ours to spend. So really, if I had to summarize everything I said tonight, it's really about cultivating living from a place where our hearts are in neutral. 
and coming to a place of where we can say, what's next, Papa? And simplifying everything. I, I feel like sometimes it is, it's so complicated to be a Christian. It's so annoying to me. Like I am so, I told him recently, I'm like, I just, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. Like I'm so tired of it. I'm so, like, talk about, are you burnt? Are you tired? Yes. Are you born out? Absolutely. Are you burned out on religion? Oh, raise my hand. Like I, I cannot be a Christian. I have tried and I am horrible at it. I'm a horrible at trying to be good. I'm horrible at trying to do all of it. I can't, I literally have, my whole life I've tried to be good and I, I am not good. Thank God for Jesus because in him I don't have to be good because he is my goodness. Thank God for the gospel. <laughs> but the point I'm saying is, is that there is a place of simplicity inside of Christ. And dang it, I am going to find it. And I believe that I'm preaching this tonight because it has been too hard and it has been too complicated and it's exhausting. And little kids, last time I checked, you know what? They get tired, they take a nap, they get up, they keep on running. I mean, they're just not stressed. Happy, you know, normal, healthy, whole children are just, they're just... I mean, my kids crack me up with their lack of concern about anything. Like, it just cracks me up. And then the things they are concerned about, right? Mom, my Pegasus wing. I can't find my Pegasus wing. I mean, you know, it's like, whatever. So I kind of want to go back there. I kind of want to just be, if God is not big enough to handle the drama, or whatever else, then, I don't know, we just need to, I think we just need to not be Christians. I don't know, whatever that is. I know, that's probably going to get crucified for that. But, you know, I I just know that it's not supposed to be, you know, like we're tortured trying to be a Christian. We're tortured trying to fulfill the call of God on our life. We're, you know, just, it's joyful. It's joyful. It's joyful. And if it's not joyful, something's wrong. If it's not peaceful, something's wrong. If you're struggling to try to be good, something's wrong. Something is wrong because the the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And I, I may have sounded tonight like, <clears throat> I don't know, it's like some hard correction or something, but this is a joyful correction, even if I didn't come across it like it was. Because it really is like, let it all go, except the question, what's next, Papa? I mean, I'm, I literally, that sounds so good to me right now. Like, you know, I just am coming off of a month where I, you know, dealing with health issues, and then we had spring break, and, you know, I feel like we crammed, you know, six vacations into one week and didn't even leave town, you know? And so it's like, you know, you're picking up like, okay, I got to get back into things. And like, where do I start? It's all overwhelming. To-do list, you know? And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's actually important, Shalise? What's actually important? Because here's what I do know is like when I do, and I mean, sometimes it takes me hours. Sometimes I need to hear God for hours. seems like such a waste of time. But in those hours, I will get assignments and reach out to this person or talk to... They were not on my to-do list. Reaching out to that person was not on my to-do list. 
Matter of fact, the things that were on my to-do list did not get done because I'm reaching out to this person. It, it doesn't make logical sense. And so you have permission to just know what's next. What if everything else didn't matter? What if the only thing that mattered was what's next? Man, for us control freaks, this is like the hardest thing ever, isn't it? I want a project plan. I want a Gantt chart. (laughs) Some of you are like, what's a Gantt chart, right? No, what's next? I'll tell you what, life is found in the present moment. This is what's real. This moment right here is real. The past is gone. The future is not where life is happening. Life is happening right now. And I just want what the Lord's trying to say to us tonight is it's easier. <laughs> it's, e- it's much easier. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And whatever's been driving us, he's coming after. He's coming after. That word wasn't just for me. He's coming after the body of Christ. He is coming after everything that controls us, everything that manipulates us, everything that steals our peace, everything that triggers us, every single thing that is stealing our emotional wholeness and our ability to follow him in peace. And so I just release that word over you tonight. Father, I just, I just declare that, man, you are cleaning out the clutter. <laughs> you are sweeping out the clutter. You are cleaning house right now, Father. And every agenda that is not yours is, is being escorted out the door. Every complicated, mixed up, naughty little problem that has been taking all of our time, God, you are untwisting it. And it's not our problem to know even what you're doing unless you decide it's our, that we need to know what you're doing. I thank you that we can take the posture of trust, of simple trust, that we can trust you, that you are going to guide us, you are going to lead us, and that you're going to be clear. I, I just, I clear out the atmosphere right now in Jesus' name over every person that within the sound of my voice. And I just blow that, wow, just blow it out in Jesus' name. And I say every voice that is not the voice of the Holy Spirit, shut up in Jesus' name. I bind every voice, every competing voice. I take authority over the voice of fear. I take authority over that slave driving spirit of fear. And I say, shut your mouth. And Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is healing our hearts and he is deinstalling triggers. He is coming after those things, Father, in our hearts that have been wounded, that are just like broken records replaying over and over and over in our hearts. He is healing the root of rejection. He is coming after on every single paradigm and every single distorted view that we have of ourselves. Everything that has created an image in our hearts, God, of someone who you did not design us to be, God, you're coming after it. And I thank you that it's not ours to fix it. It's it's like we don't go into the, you know, optometrist and tell him how to fix our vision. We go in, we sit in a chair, and the dude does the job. And that's what you're doing, God. You are correcting our vision. 
surgeon. You are healing our hearts. We are not the heart surgeon. You are. You are the great physician and you are an expert at your job. And all we need to do is follow what's next. I I just say, I just release the next. Lord, and I thank you for uh, those of us that have gotten so confused somewhere along the way that maybe you told us and we forgot. Well, you're going to remind us. I thank you that you are going to make it clear as crystal. It's not going to be hard. It's not going to be supernatural. It's not going to be impossible. It's not going to be something that we can't do. It's going to be a simple step that leads us further down the path to victory, that leads us further down the path to uh, the manifestation of wholeness and the manifestation of abundant life and the manifestation of what Jesus Christ paid an incredible, credible price, <laughs> what Jesus Christ paid for on the cross. And God, it's not, it's just not hard. It is an easy yoke. You do the heavy lifting. You've done the work. And now we're simply, we're just, we're along for the ride. You're driving. You're driving. And Lord, you're driving us from the inside. From the inside. You are motivating us. You are animating us. You are inspiring us. You are encouraging us. You are shining the light so that we can see things for what they really are and we can make decisions based on the truth. And I'm just so thankful that this is what you're doing in our lives, God. And you are not in a hurry. Man, you are so not in a hurry because you see things from an eternal perspective. You have a the full, total, complete picture. We see in part, we prophesy in part, but you see it all. And so we just trust you. We trust you, God. Just even where we don't trust you, God, all we know to do is say we trust you. Whether it's true or not, we're at least going to, we're just going to keep saying it until it is. We just trust you. We trust you. We thank you for causing us to trust you. We thank you that where we don't trust you, you're going to make us trust you because you are faithful. You called us and you do it. God's going to make it happen. You're going to make it happen, God. You're going to will You're going to work in us to both will and do your good pleasure. You know how to change us. We don't know. We don't even know what, we don't know what the issue is. You are God. You are a healer. You are, you are the man. (laughs) You are, you are who you say you are. And none of us are too jacked up for you. And Father, I pray for those that want to get off the operating table prematurely. I pray for those that don't even want to go to the eye doctor. I pray for those that, that, that are there and are like, get me out of this thing. I'm claustrophobic. Lord, I pray for those that are having trouble because of the brokenness, because of what they've been through, God, to trust you and to even get into the position where you can do what you want to do. But even that's not too hard for you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Even that's not too hard for you. So I thank you, God, that you are doing what is exactly needed right now. We don't even have to care about what the enemy's doing because whatever he's doing, you use it for good. And so, Lord, we just, we, we just relax into that. Man, we just get our little floaty out and we hop on that lily pad pond. Lord, and we just float in that exotic place of peace. And Father, we thank you that you are teaching us how to live out of that reality, that it is our portion, it is our inheritance, no matter what we're dealing with, no matter what you're doing in our lives, no matter what's going on. 
And so I just thank you even tonight, Lord, for grace and peace, for communion of the Holy Spirit, for for clear instructions and words of encouragement and peace, Lord. Thank you that you know how to minister to our emotions. You know how to settle us down. You know what to say, when to say it, how to say it, the tone of voice. You know everything that we need to be comforted. You just know how to do your job. And so we just, we receive ministry. We, I just, yeah, we just receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. Lord, we just let you serve us. We let you wash our feet. We just let you love us. We let you love us. We let you love us in the places that we need to be loved, that we don't even know we need to be loved. We just let you love us. And I thank you that in the process, you are, you are teaching us how to be royalty. You are teaching us how to be sons, how to come out of being, living like an orphan, God. And we just, uh, we receive it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, awesome. I, as I, as I close up, I always talk briefly just about your opportunity to partner with the podcast and help us keep, uh, the, episodes, you know, edited and just distributed and out to everyone. And your donations really do make a difference. You can head on over to Shalise.com and make a donation there. You can partner with the ministry. And then as always, if you haven't downloaded a free copy of my book, head on over to www.thepathfreebook.com. There's activations at the end of every chapter that will help you hear God, help you develop intimacy with God. And it will radically change uh, your view of God and of yourself. So check that out as well. And other than that, you have a great week, and we will get back on track with our regular episodes. All righty. Thanks for listening. Bye.